Hello, I am Caitlin, and we're MP discussing MLMs on our MTM podcast. Oh shit! That was did that stick? One. Did that stick? That was amazing. God, it's like you're in advertising or something. Oh, that was great. I threw it out there, and I was like, I hope he gets this. Oh, that was great. I love it. Um, yeah, and I'm Zach, and uh, I get up for my downline. Oh. Another zinger. I couldn't do it. No, I had to come up with that on the spot. I had something about Cutco, but like, no, yours was way better. Okay. So, but it sounds like you are familiar with the terms uplines and downlines. Yes, absolutely. I am. I've had personal experiences in MLM. So, So uh, today we're going to be looking at MLMs also known as multi-level marketing, also called network marketing, and nine out of 10 articles that I read yesterday call it a pyramid scheme. Despite what they try to make you believe, it is a pyramid scheme. Don't give yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, Tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel? Who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder? Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines, you are not cattle, you, the people, have the power. So tell me about your experience with MLMs. You said you were recruited. I was hard. (laughs) Um, I was actually 16 years old. Um, just looking for like a job, summer job and Cutco like reached out to me. They sent me like a letter. They called my house like 10 times. They were like, you, I just went, I was like at a job fair and they were there and I chatted with this dude for 30 seconds, you know? And he was like, oh, you'd be so good at this. You'd be so good at this. And so they just recruited me so hard. I was like, okay, I'll go. And so I went to their meeting. They did the whole thing with the Cutco knives where they like cut the penny and made a corkscrew and like did the whole showboat. And I had zero sales experience. And I just went to this meeting and they were like, you give me the vibe of a manager. Like we'll promote you. You're not even going to sell this. Like you're going to be a manager. So the flattery was real and I was just, you know, taken by it. So I did it. I did it for two weeks though. I, I quit after two weeks. I was like, yeah, okay. And then I did two, like I reached out did two shows with people i was like yeah this is it for me fuck this i just want to harp on the fact that how old were you 16 16 years old disgusting i know so you were 16 and they say they flatter you and say you're manager material you've never had a job in your life or maybe it was just like whatever restaurant job and you're like okay, awesome. Like I'm on the right track to make something of myself. What did the um, selling pro like, did you have to invest in the company? Did you have to buy knives? Yes. So you had to buy your own initial set of knives to use and to demonstrate. To demo. Yeah. And did you have to have a stock inventory? No. So I don't think they made you like actually do a stock. And maybe that's how they get around calling it a pyramid scheme. Like maybe that's how Cutco does it. That they're like, yeah, it's just like a smaller buy-in because you have to demo. It's your demo. But it actually worked out because like I had a nice set. They're not terrible sets of knives. And I had a nice knife set and scissor set through college. Like I just carried that around. It was like an early investment. And I was like, okay, cool. My good good girlfriend was a Cutco representative and same story but the knives were nice actually especially for a college kid you're like you know dealing with store knives yeah they're not bad at all so I asked you to do a little bit of homework last night um just give me like a general recap of what you saw and what your initial thoughts are don't spend too much time on it but what are your hit me absolutely Toxic, toxic sales environment. Um, I what was it? Let's these... start with that. Start. What was that? Uh, yeah. Video? So it was a Beachbody uh, sales, which I had to look up Beachbody after this. They do like, uh, what is it? Like nutrition, fitness plans, things They're like coaches. that. 
coaches. Yeah. Yes, they're coaches for fitness. Um, and it was a power hour call where <laughs> I'm familiar with this. It, like this is a sales tactic where you all get together and you're just like calling, inviting, you know, I've done it in a more professional sense where you're just sitting with sales reps and the advertising and you're all just trying to get leads. But this was for like just blasting people on that. Hey girl, you know, messaging on mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram and just blasting and uh, toxic because the leaders of it were like shitting on everybody. Like yes. you're not working hard enough. Like if you're not making money, it's because you suck and you're not and like that is just that's where they go wrong. Yeah. You know, like that. It's like they take little nuggets of good sales strategy and just like manipulate it till it's some grotesque yes. system. Uh, it just made me mad. I love you basically just like kind of set the foundation and the premise to everything. I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into. So I am going to circle back to this call. But basically, like, here's a history lesson. You know, where did the MLM start? Where did it come from? The oldest company now known as Avon started as the perfume company back in 1886. Oh. And that blew my mind because I think of MLMs as very much of the time and very much driven by social media, which granted it has picked up steam since the dawn of social media, but 1886 was wow. when Avon started. So that blew my mind. And that's the makeup company, right? They, they're still around, right? They are still, still around. around thriving, by the way, thriving. Are they still an MLM? No, yes. they've, they've yes. shifted. Oh my no. goodness. I know. Wow. I thought the same thing. I had to Google Avon because I was like, I swear I see Avon in like makeup stores. Yeah. And it's not yeah. true. We just know the name so well. And it is makeup. It's cosmetics. It's uh, skincare. It's perfume. So it started off as the perfume company uh, back in 1886. And really, to your point, it started off with door-to-door -door sales, which again, to your point, is like, that's common sales practices. So they're taking common sales practices and making it something uh, toxic. So it starts off as that, and then it kind of launches into the MLM. But really, so Avon aside, where we really see MLM pick up steam is in the 30s. The man who has gained notoriety for truly bringing MLMs on the scene is someone called Carl Renberg. He started the California Vitamin Company in 1934, which was later renamed just five years later to Neutralite, mm -hmm. which was later renamed or actually engulfed by Amway. Do you have you heard of Amway? I am so familiar with Amway because my hometown of Grand Rapids, Michigan is the headquarters no, of Amway. No. And I have so many people no. that I know that work at Amway. That that company runs that whole town. Like there are two people, I'll give you a quick history lesson. There's two people, the DeVosses, who you're very familiar God, damn it. with. I was hoping you didn't know that and I wanted to see yeah, your reaction. No. God, damn it, no. you already knew that. The DeVosses and the Van Andels, man. Yes. They are from my hometown. Talk like Grand guys. Rapids is where it started. Um, so yeah, I'm very familiar with Amway. And it's funny because I know people, well, I like not personally, but on my in my Facebook network um that sell Amway or are a part of this lifestyle. And to be honest, I couldn't tell you what Amway sells. Like do it's Everything. it's some sort of protein powder or nutrition lifestyle oh no it's everything so what everything. they'll do is they'll go, they'll just do market research into anything and anything that they can produce cheaper and more efficiently they will produce it it's just this weird like they don't have a product or a mission it's just kind of they just peg oppor market opportunities and they'll make it and then they'll send it to all of these people and then it's their job to sell it there's like Okay. You know, pills so that, and 
anything, man. That explains why I don't necessarily know what they sell, but I know the name so well because I see it. It's kind of like slipped into conversations every now and again. Oh, yeah. It all started, this whole monopoly started off as the California Vitamin Company, and then it became Neutralite, and then the uh, the DeVos's, Rich DeVos, and Jay Van in 1949 started Amway as a subsidiary company of Neutralite and then eventually Amway bought Neutralite. So, and let me back up just a bit. The reason they had to spin off and create Amway is not because they saw it as a business opportunity. They saw it as their way to escape legal actions being taken on Neutralite. Yeah, what do you mean by that? I think it was the CDC that came in and stopped shipments from Neutralite because they were claiming to cure cancer. And they were making ridiculous medical claims that could not be backed up, which to this day is like part of the MLM pitch, right? Like they make claims that they cannot support. Wow. Because Neutralite was under fire for these claims, uh, DeVos and Van Andel, who were working for Neutralite, kind of wanted to protect their own downline and started Amway, who later engulfed Neutralite. So it wasn't, yeah, it, it was all to escape legal. Is that, I mean, is that a legal thing to do? Like you literally just rebrand and then the CDC <laughs> can't sue you anymore? Back in 1949. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's ha- yeah, that was that was nuts. Well, I guess that makes sense because it's technically like you, they're not suing the products; they're suing like the claims this company's making. Yeah. So if you start a new company, then it's like, no, my company hasn't made any of the. Okay. Jeez, I did not know that. My goodness. Actually, is still happening with a company called Arbon, who I have a very close personal connection to because that's the MLM that all of my very close network is a part of. Uh, they're a part of- I like your air quotes of network. network. Like, nobody can see that, but your air quotes of network were very telling there. I get you. This is my, this my yeah. personal network. Um, <laughs> Arbon came under fire in the pandemic for selling nutrients that say, and people, their social media savants were saying, I'm so thankful to be able to sell a product to help me through this time of extreme sickness and illness. And not only that, but like I can make money off of this. So who who is it? Who is it that comes after people? Let's just call it the CDC. The CDC. The FDA. FDA. But yes. Okay. So the FDA comes in and says, bro, you can't claim that your products oh and these were immune boosters that's what it was it was immune boosters to help them through this pandemic so in a backwards ass way they're saying you take this you're going to be safe from the virus so there's all these social media hey girls that are saying i'm so thankful for this immune booster um and so the fda came down on arbonne this was very recent, so the lawsuit is still kind of up in the air. It hasn't been settled yet. But that's the kind of stuff. I mean, that happened in 1949. And uh, what are almost 90 years later, it's still happening 80 years later. Jeez. So that part of MLMs have not gone away. That has not gone away. Yeah, the structure hasn't gone away, right? No. Yeah, no. no, that kind of. And, you know, I think it's so telling. I mean, they are so, and this is why I like that we're doing this in the podcast. They are so meticulous with their branding to just walk the line. Yes. Like immune booster. What the fuck does that even yes. mean? Immune booster? Drink That's orange juice. Yeah, it just Vitamin makes you think C. you're immune. Yeah, it just makes like they just walk that line so well. Like as much as I hate them, their branding is just mm, just totally. dialed in, right? And I think you and I specifically have experience with this because we have to brand CBD companies that have to walk that line. So 
you know, game recognizes game, Arbon. Like we know when you're, <laughs> when you're putting something out and trying to imply something, but then abiding by regulations. Absolutely, yeah. CBD is is in a similar vein, right? We can't now. make totally... medical claims. We can't say mm-hmm. it'll cure your joint back pain, but we could say it will. Um, what's an example? It would help you sit down in a chair better, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Well, I think the perfect example is, you know, we can't say CBD helps your anxiety because anxiety is a medical, clinical, you can be diagnosed with anxiety. What we can say is CBD helps you manage stress because stress is not something that that a doctor can say that you are you get anxiety from stress so that's how they that's how we walk that line is like yeah. you can manage stress but we can't say anxiety but it's the same fucking thing right yeah, yeah. um it is a delicate line interesting so oh my gosh we're back in 1949 jay van andel and rich devos have created amway that has engulfed neutralite and yes you touched on it but i just want to reiterate rich devos is in fact the father of father-in-law of betsy devos who is the secretary of education notorious for stripping away rights of everyone (laughs) disabled students sexual assault victims like she really just oh yeah this whole family is really just like out to gut america so crazy in 1975, so we were in 1949, now we're in 1975, Amway actually, uh, the FTC actually comes after Amway and accuses them of being a pyramid scheme. So essentially a pyramid scheme is you're buying in, you're making a massive investment and the only way to climb up the chain is to recruit other people. The problem with that is the pool is limited. So the bottom line, you make a very hefty investment. And I think this is, I think the Ponzi scheme is notorious for, I'm not sure what the initial investment, but you're in the thousands of the thousands range. Uh, So it's not small by any means. Um, And you're promised a huge amount of wealth. That's what they always do. It's always talk about six figure, seven figure salary. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you're forced to buy you know, for anybody listening that might think they might be a part of a pod or a, a pyramid scheme, if you're forced to buy products, a large amount of quantity of products, and your revenue is based on selling those products, but you yes. buy them from someone else in the company, that is essentially a pyramid scheme. And I'm right? going to touch on kind of the differentiator between a, Ponzi, uh, a pyramid scheme and an MLM. And it's again, oh. walks the line. So really? basically, and this is so Amway is, um, the FTC comes after Amway in 1975, um, and things were not looking good for Amway. Everyone thought that they were going to go under, but eventually the FTC ruled that Amway was not, in fact, a pyramid scheme. And this is why, because of one reason, because the distributors were forced to use at least 70% of their product before they bought more. So before they purchased more inventory. So basically Amway wasn't requiring them to buy in on a monthly basis. So this became the 70% rule that now is the golden rule of MLM industries. Fascinating. They're not requiring you to buy in unless 70% of your product is gone. So the only difference is the cadence at which you buy these these products. Like there is another difference. There is another difference. The the other difference is in an MLM, you can make money two ways. It will pay you a commission on things you sell versus a pyramid scheme will not pay you commission on things you sell. They, the only way you make money is by recruiting. That's the big differentiator is Uh, the recruitment tactic and then the commission based on sales. But you can do both in an MLM. Yes. And, and you're encouraged, okay. encouraged. That is the only way you make money in an MLM. So that's why there's still, so commission's almost on the back burner. That's just yes. like a legal thing. Exactly. It's just like, hey, you make commission, whatever. That's yes. just sweet. But your real goal is the same as a pyramid scheme to recruit yep. people. Yep. Ooh, okay. That is so, walking the line. 
walking the line. So that's the differentiator. Um, I want to say that today Amway is worth $8.4 billion. So, you know, they're alive, they're thriving. They're the number one MLM. Um, And Avon is still up there. Avon holds tough at like five. Um, So billions. And in comparison, I was like, okay, what company can we relate to that is in that realm? Um, DoorDash is a $13 billion company. And what I found was interesting, and the only reason I made this comparison was the fact that like DoorDash is really a household name. You know exactly what you're getting. You know, you it's a food delivery service. Mm-hmm. You can define it in 30 seconds, right? Like you <laughs> yes. can't do that with Amway. There's like, nothing else to it. It's a food seconds. delivery service. Mm-hmm. But when mm-hmm. someone asks me what Amway is, I'm like, I think I've heard it once somewhere but i don't actually know what they sell and now you're saying like i think they sell everything (laughs) yeah yeah they do it all they even have in grand rapids they have a five-star hotel the amway grand plaza like that is what it's called it's like this super ritzy hotel like downtown grand rapids yeah i totally man you're just like sending me back to my hometown now. I'm like, oh, it's like all coming back to me as we're talking about it. Like, just there. how pervasive it is. Yeah. Evacuate. Okay. Let's evacuate. Good. Let's get you out yes, of there. Yes, please. Thank okay. you. Thank so you. now we get into the fun stuff. We let's talk about the marketing piece of this. Oh, I love this. Okay. So I like, let's just have an open discussion because we are a marketing agency. So when I was really thinking about MLMs and what we do and our services, I'm really trying to compare apples to apples. So it all starts with a product or a service. So you have to have something to sell. You have to have a demographic. We choose our demographics that we want to target. So we're targeting people. um, And that's the same with MLMs. The difference that it really boiled down to was the way in which we broadcast our messaging. So you really run our paid campaigns and our our true marketing funnels um, and getting the message out there. And a couple of ways, like we have um, tools at our disposal. We could do a billboard. We can run a commercial on TV. We can choose Facebook advertising if that's the way we want to go. We can do pay-per-click. Um, am I forgetting anything? I mean, mail, mail. We could do mail yeah. if we wanted to. We have all of yeah. these things to be able to think creatively and have a lot of fun with marketing. But an MLM, you have one fucking channel. And this is where it really irritates me because this is where it becomes predatory. And and this is where, I'm going to use air quotes again, this is where the network comes into play. It's network marketing. You only have a very small pool of people you can tap into. We have the entire world when we market. We get to choose who we want to target. These people have one option and one way to communicate. And that way is through social media, Facebook, Instagram, and you're sending DMs. There is no other way to recruit people into your downline. And the problem with this is, again, the pool is so small. And saturated. And so saturated. So saturated. So when we're choosing audience collection and when we're targeting a demographic, how do you go about actually targeting that demographic? And how do you create that audience if we were to, say, sell leggings? That's a great question. I think what I do, and maybe this is different than MLM, because when I was watching it, I tried to do apples to apples to what we do too. And I think you nailed it on the head. When I start with audience collection, it's basically, you know, we use tools and tracking tools, all that creepy stuff in digital marketing that basically gives it who who are you speaking to now? Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a who is working now versus who do you want to speak into? Yep. So if yep. it's a leggings company and they keep selling to women 45 plus, and they're like, no, we want to get these Gen Zers into leggings. Then we talk about how to change your messaging, change the look. And know? it's so generic. So although we are targeting Gen Z, we're not targeting Caitlin of Gen Z. <laughs> we're targeting an entire <laughs> demographic. Yes. And so we're not actually like 
figuring out what Caitlin is doing on a day-to-day basis, scrolling through her Instagram, scrolling through her Facebook and being like, oh, she drank a smoothie this morning. I'm going to hit her up about being, about being a legging ambassador. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's the difference, right? Is um, MLMs, you're just reaching out to people. We just position our clients in a way that if someone's seeking out their product or service, if someone's searching for it, in a search engine on Facebook, if they're if they're seeking yes. it out, we just position them in the right place. And the difference with MLM is you're not seeking it out. You just fucking get that 2 a.m. Facebook, hey girl, like that that is just a blast, right? Like nobody is seeking that out. Exactly. I love that you brought that up. I think I don't even have anything to add to that, but that's it. And you know, and people are creeped out by Instagram ads being like, what the heck? I just looked up purses and now I'm getting bombarded with all these purse ads. It's like, yeah, that data is out there because you chose to put it out there. You were looking at purses. So we as marketers collect that because those are the tools that we have at our resources, as our resources. You're seeking it out. Yeah, you're seeking, seeking it, it out. out. And to be honest, Zach, I actually appreciate ads because especially being a recent homeowner, I'm like looking for couches and I spend day in and day out looking for couches. And all of a sudden I get all these new innovative companies that I would have never have been able to seek out hitting me up with Instagram ads. I'm like, oh my I God, know. you're sustainable and you're next door to me. That's amazing. I'm so happy I got <laughs> hit with that cool. ad. Yeah, maybe we appreciate it, but I totally agree. Like they, if you do it right, it's beneficial to people. If you just blast it out anywhere, like for an example, when I was watching, we'll talk about this like MLM power hour call that later, (laughs) but when I was watching that video, there's an ad break in the middle. The ad break was for a coach telling you how to do MLM. And I'm like, this is the worst targeting I've ever seen it. Like it's this girl shitting on MLMs and the ad break is a person, a MLM coach. Like, tell, like, why are you doing this? This is terrible targeting. Like this does not make any sense. I I took notes on that and I was going to harp on that because I noticed the same thing. And I was like, no way is this happening. There is no way this is happening. So in this power hour video, it's basically this YouTuber who is calling out these MLMers being like, you're toxic, you're horrible. It's an anti MLM video. And then in a commercial break, you, you, you see this girl pop on the screen and she's like, are you having problems recruiting your downline? Sign up for my class. And for just, $9.99 or whatever the fuck. I'm like, no way. That is terrible targeting. Wild. Wild. Yeah. Yeah, so I think looping this conversation, if you do targeting right, it can be helpful for people if they're seeking out services or or something our client offers, right? We do we work with home care companies. I think that's a very beneficial one. You know, our targeting has to be very careful in healthcare, but it is a helpful thing for people that are under stress, you know, like they they ha- get out of surgery, they don't know what to do. You know, that's a good ad. So I think it can be done right. It's just MLMs just blast everybody. There's zero targeting. It is just blast. Right? So here is another piece of their marketing tactic. They really rely heavily on the messaging that you can make a passive seven-figure income. Again, I said this before, but this is where I have a massive problem with it. And this is where it's predatory is they start targeting women because why women are typically bearing the child and have to leave the workforce. So 75% of MLM distributors are women. And that rocks me to my core. Wow. In the early days, and here's how it all started. In, you know, the 50s, you know, Tupperware parties. Um, In the (laughs) early days of MLM, many women didn't have job opportunities outside of the household. And that's where it all started. And that's why it became such a feminine thing. Um, so MLMs were actually seen by many as a chance to earn money and gain some sort of type of independence away from their husbands. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't blame them. Totally. I, mean, I agree. I had the same sentiment. I was like, yes, it's 1950. I'm fucking sick of raising my kid. I want to make my own money so I can go get my nails done whenever I want. Like, that yeah. is empowerment. And Absolutely. you had your Tupperware parties in your household, right? Like it wasn't in your face. It wasn't intrusive or aggressive. They kept to themselves around in their cul-de-sac. And it was kind yep. of a women bonding moment. Yep. Um, so, yep. you know, I don't have a problem with the way that it started and really the fundamentals of it. What I have a problem with is what it has evolved into. And I think the problem is social media. Social media has given it this velocity that it, it and now it's just too late to kind of take it all back. Um, yeah. It's really propelled this forward. Yeah, I think you're right because it's network-based ma uh, marketing, right? It's your network. And yes. now with social media, your network is a bottomless pit. Yes. You know, there yes. are billions of people on Facebook. Like it is a bottomless pit. And it used to be your network was, you know, the people in your city, the people in your neighborhood. Um, so I think you're exactly right. And social media too has always been about like showcasing, you know, people use it to the extreme where you're like, look how wealthy I am. Look at how great my life is. And people also are just like, Hey, we're not with my friends. I thought you guys would enjoy this picture, you know? So there's uh -huh. extremes of the use of Instagram, but what we're seeing it evolve into is look at the life I can live because a company like Amway has afforded me to be able to take a lunch break and walk around my neighborhood with my dog. And like they idolize this like fucking basic thing of just like time off. Oh, I was going to say, I actually thought about this a lot too, because you know, you're, you're touching on their big motivators money. That's how they motivate everyone. That's how they get them into the system is you can make money. I make seven figures. I make this, I make this. And I saw that in my personal experience too. It was yeah. all about money. And, you know, I was thinking about this a lot over like last night is, you know, a good salesperson, even in our company, is motivated by money. That's Absolutely. their motivation, yes. right? They 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 run on commission. They run. They get nice fat checks when they sign new clients. You know, like they 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 are motivated by money. So, but it's not their only motivation. I don't know. I I that's the similarities where I see like MLM uses that well yes. because you need to find people that are going to do well that are motivated by money. Yes. Yes. But the, here's the thing. They have this manipulative way of motivating them by money and free time and they use their kids. That's what's fucked up about it. It's like, That's hey, um, you know, make sure you make it to Jimmy's soccer game. And if you sign on with all Amway, you'll be able to take Jimmy to soccer practice anytime. And it's amazing. And it really positions those women against women in the workplace. And it's like, Absolutely. we are the others. We aren't mm -hmm. like the, we don't work nine to fives. And it's like, mm -hmm. yo, sorry, I have a 401k and a salary. So I am actually able to take Jimmy to soccer practice because I have stability in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, and if you're working for a corporation that wouldn't let you take your kid to soccer practice, you got to fucking find a new job anyway. There's like, no one like, like that. It's 2021. Mm -hmm. Nobody is saying do not. Well, you know, there is like that culture that demands a lot out of you. But yeah. you can take your time off for with corporates. It's not Absolutely. It's not this or that. You can have both. I totally um, agree. Without having to sling shit. You know, this MLM like has, and this is, you know, I really wanted to dive into this podcast after my girl boss podcast, because it works so well hand in hand and MLMs really stand on the back of the hashtag girl boss and that momentum. And, you know, I mentioned in the last podcast, which if you haven't listened, go give it a listen. Um, <laughs> Uh, the kind of instigators of the hashtag girl boss were, was Sheryl Sandberg and mm -hmm. Sophia Amoroso. And Sheryl Sandberg is the COO of Facebook. Like, bro, she didn't get there from fucking selling vitamins. Like she knows her shit. She's smart. She has a college degree. Like she doesn't do this passively, but she is like empowering women. And then you have your Sophia Amoroso, which again, to both of their credit, 
they didn't want this girl boss phenomenon to take off the way it did. They were just like, Hey, we kind of have the secret to this and I'll share it with you. And unfortunately it just worked so brilliantly with the onset of MLMs that the MLM is piggybacking off of this women empowerment movement. And it's not, it's not feminism at all. And we'll, <laughs> this call will clearly indicate what is not <laughs> like this is not the feminism movement. This is not yeah. women empowerment by any means. This is purely motivated by cash. Yeah, I totally agree. And can I just add one thing to that? I thought it was so interesting when I was listening to this and to other calls. And I think this goes to your girl boss point is that so many of these MLM women will call this my business. They will use the phrase, this is my business, when it's actually somebody else's business, but they refer to it and that's the angle that they do. So that's why I think it ties into the girl boss because they really try to make it seem like this, you are running your own company, you're running your own business, and that's just not the case, right? Like that is, like you didn't have to file an LLC, like you're not doing business taxes, like you are just, you're a salesperson, and you are like, but they get it in their head. This is my company. And I think that's why it ties together. I love that you fucking mentioned that because that is also something that I might've skimmed past. um, Had you not brought it up is they are saying, Hey, you can live this life of luxury, but they're not giving these women the tools to figure out how to run a fucking business. It's not just sending out messages again and again and again, it's filing taxes. It's owning an LLC. It's employing people. You know, Mm -hmm. you and I could, sit here and say, Hey, we make $50,000 a month playa, like, but at the end of the day, we're like, okay, we have to file taxes with that. We have to pay our employees. We have to, um, you know, pay rent. We have to pay software Software. and we're being, Mm -hmm. you have to be smart with your money. And these people are just showcasing their gross sales. The people who are even making money, I'm going to go into the financial aspects of this. The people who are even making money are are saying, Hey, look, I made $50,000 in sales this month, but they only make a very small percentage of that $50,000 in sales. So yes, I'm so happy you harped on that. Is they're not giving people the tools to be, to be a boss. Um, they're just, and mostly women. They're waving a carrot. They're waving a carrot in front of your face. Take Jimmy to soccer practice and make a passive seven figure income. Jesus. If only, if only. So, you know, there's this hustle culture, the rise and grind, which we are trying so hard. You know, we are corporate. We are a corporate company. We're trying so hard to get away from that hustle and grind culture. And yep. oh, some hashtags that I found that I love. <laughs> Hit me. Watch Hit me. me. Hashtag watch me or join me. Either way, I'm going to the top. That's a long hashtag. It That's is. A and single isn't there hashtag? an apostrophe in there that breaks up the hashtag? I don't know. Most likely, if you're doing it grammatically so you're, correct. So you're spelling shit wrong. It's a long hashtag. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long hashtag. Classic, do what you love, love what you do. Just. Oh, God. Is that different than live, laugh, love? I'd like you to explain the difference from a female perspective. What is the difference between I was going to say, put it in a frame and hang it up on the wall. It's the same as live, laugh, love. Yeah, throw it in some cursive font on a piece of driftwood. You hang it above your kitchen. The driftwood. Okay, so. Um, I want to, I'm going to play a clip of this video that we both watched. It is the power hour team bonding experience of <laughs> Beachbody. And this is, a, a, I think, a yeah, very tiny, very tiny clip of it. Um, okay. So here we go. You're going to probably get a problem. Yeah. But I'm asking you to give this a little bit of effort. Okay. Sorry, I also want to mention that this woman talking is the leader of this power hour. She's kind of like the top of the line. Um, so this is really like their raw, raw pump up call. There is, I think she said there's 32 people on this call. So that means getting uncomfortable. That means sending an invite to the people that you need to send invites to, even though you don't want to. Okay. Fast forward a year from now, where do you want to be? Are you okay being in the exact same spot or are you needing that to change? That's what you have to ask yourself. And if you need it to change, stay on this call. 
and let's work and let's do some invites. If you're not ready and you're already pissed off at me, get the fuck off the call, okay? I'm over it. Over it. Guys. <laughs> over it. Over it. Like she is pissed off at her downline. And I'm trying to think, like, you know, actually, I mean, I'd love to just bring it back to us. It's like, we're leaders in this company and you especially, like you're the leader of business development. You've been a sales director. And I'm like, what would really, what would cause me to say something like that? You know, she's not empowering women. She's not like, we really want this life of luxury for you. She's like, you're not making me money. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that got me when I saw that is when I, cause sometimes you got to come down on salespeople. Like that is a, that is a fact. Like you just got to come down on them be like, get your shit together. Um, but the, what, what I always frame it as is, is from a number standpoint, she doesn't tell us anybody what she, the, like the goal, right? What's the end goal? Like, do we, I need to, you know, I need to be hitting seven figures. You guys aren't helping me do that. Like there's no end goal in sight for them to feel like they've accomplished something. And that's what really got me is like, I can see this happening every week because there's no, there's, she doesn't mention what the goal is, how many invites to send, you know, like there has to be a finish line. There has to be some kind of like, Hey, you hit your numbers. Great job. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what really got me. And that's why it's so toxic because yeah, that kind of conversation of like, hey, you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough prospecting. You're not outreaching enough. You're not finding new avenues to people. That's a conversation every sales director needs to have with, with their employees at some point. But you always frame it with a finish line. What is what is the goal here? And we're that just, that made me upset. That made me really upset. I'm so glad you bring that up because as leaders, we're always putting metrics in front of someone. So it's like, okay, send 10 invites. And I'm using their language now. You mm-hmm. send 10 invite, invites every single day. And at the end of it, come back to me and let me know like how successful that was. And then let's pivot. If that wasn't, if you aren't seeing responses and this is where it goes back to like, you are not empowering anybody to be a fucking businesswoman. You're not empowering Mm. them to be leaders. You're just saying, just do it. (laughs) I'm over it. Just (laughs) yeah. you can't, oh my God, if we ran our company calls like that, like what would happen if we were like, just do it. I don't care. Just do it. It's like a whole part of being a top line and being a leader is empowering people to figure out. And here's the difference also when you're holding apples to apples and like, here we are as a marketing agency harping on network marketing, because with marketing and sales in our world, we're able to pivot. We're able to think creatively. Hey, we sent 10 emails to an industry that never got back to us. Awesome. That's probably not going to work. So let's pivot and let's go mm-hmm. after a construction company now. You know, mm-hmm. they only, they do not have the option. They're, they're out of option. You know, they have one pool to choose from, one demographic to choose from, and no creative thinking, no creative strategy. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because you've heard me. I actually took a note when I was watching the video. You heard me every time we have a salesperson and I'm working with a salesperson, I always reiterate, yeah, I'm going to give you the template to reach out and do these outreaches, but the best salespeople do it in their own voice. You know what I'm saying? They, they don't, they, they ask, but they come across as genuine. And I was going to ask you like, cause I'm not on the receiving end of these, Hey girl, you know, uh, messages on, on social media, but like you need to, yeah. Like I, I, there's just a blanket statement. They're just telling them, just go send this copy and paste message over and over and over and over and over and over again and they like that's not a good sales tactic it's like they they use the right tools but they just do it in this grotesque way that really just sullies the entire industry are you pulling up some hey girl messages that you have right now great i want to hear some i'm trying to to, um because like i i clearly i'm not the demographic you know like the essential oils the beach body things like that like i don't get those messages too often but i gotta imagine they're just like copy and pasted right like they're not you're right they're not giving the tools to these people to really like 
you know, even we talk about it with our employees, like it, it's great. If we want to stay here your entire career, we will have you. But really, like we're trying to prep you to if you want to do your own thing, like I can't fault you. You and I did that. Like we worked other jobs and with the goal in mind to do our own, have our own company at the end of it. Right. Like I don't fault them and they are just not giving them the tools to really do what they're promising to have a, a your own company and the freedom. Like it's just, it's, it's so toxic and predatory, you know, and we're also, I mean, as leaders and as owners of our own company, we're not naive to the fact that these, our employees are going to leave us one day. Like as much as I threaten them, I threaten their lives not to leave us. <laughs> Subtle horse's head on the doorstep. Don't fucking leave. I do. You know, like, I do. Um, <laughs> we're not ignorant to the fact that like, there's other opportunities out there that they should explore. Like they shouldn't get all of their learnings from us. And with this, it's like the top line is seen as the top dog. Like this is the end all be all. And you know, it was really interesting. Um, the first 10 minutes, which was what I initially gave you homework to watch was her second in command. And I love the yeah. YouTubers feedback. She called her like a dark edge Lord because yeah, she's, yeah. she's like has tattoos and she's wearing these fucking big glasses and she's wearing a backwards hat and she, and she's like, so harsh and aggressive and she's saying fuck you the, all the people who don't believe in you like you showed up and the youtuber is like bro are we going to war or are we sending <laughs> <play> girls <laughs> and yeah. that's the mentality of it is the amount of pump up that needs to happen in these mlms is very indicative of what you need to get on board with the mission it's like for mm -hmm. us it's like God, can you even just imagine if we ran a sales call like that or if we started off our mornings with priming? You know, I think this is something that I wrote because, you know, we've been shitting on it a lot. This is something that I wrote that they do well is they create a culture. I mean, you and I talk about it all the time. Like, what do you need to do as a company to create a culture? right? Like this is their culture. They're allowed to get away from the outside. We look at that and we're like, that is the most ridiculous fucking thing I've ever seen. But when you're in it, like in you're in the culture, you accept it and it's cult-like, right? Like it's, oh, it's just, you accept what, whatever you're being fed because they yeah. do develop a culture so well. Yeah. Um, and it's pervasive and it's, it's predatory, but people buy in. It's not know? timeless though. It only lasts for a certain time period until you realize that you're being sold snake oil. Yeah. I wonder, did you any do any research of like what the average like lifespan of someone staying in an MLM is? Do you Ooh, have any? Lifespan, that's a good one. So I'll circle back to that. But I did want to throw some numbers at you. Yes, so, you know, I love that. Currently, over 20 million people are involved in an MLM in the United States. Two zero million. Million. So then I was like, how many fucking women are there in the United States? There's 166 million women. 20 million of them are in MLMs. And I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say 20 million because it is only 75%. But dude, you're running out of women to recruit. You're running out of people. The number. I'm doing some math. I'm just doing some math. <laughs> I that's, that's, yeah, that's 12% of all women. What is that? One, like just over one out of every 10 women are in an MLM. That is so fucking true. I look at my own pool of one out of 10 and I would say fucking four out of 10 in my personal pool. Yeah. Cause I wonder what the demographics are. Like it's mostly younger women, right? So you got to cut that 160 million in fucking half. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. So, and I think that plays into the lifespan of an MLMer. It's they prey on 16-year-olds and say, this is how you become a girl boss. And at 16, you don't, you're vulnerable. You don't have, and you know that you want to be successful. You know, you want to be a boss. And they're telling you, this is how you do it. Just come join us, especially fucking women. And this is what really irks me because I personally went through this transition period in my life where I'm like, I'm fucking lost, confused. I don't have the roadmap to life. Like everyone else seems to think that they do. I'm 
I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And then an MLMer comes in and says, don't worry about that. Like be your own boss, make a passive income, just join us. And all you have to do is, is be a life coach. So they prey on 20 year olds. And then, you know, I don't really see it. I mean, I do see older women. I can't say that. So what's really great is I went on this YouTube binge and I found uh, actually quite a few videos of ex MLMers mm. criticizing their own videos. So it'll be them in recent times. And then they'll be like, this was me 10 years ago on a Facebook live. And one girl would just kept pointing out lie after lie after lie. And again, walking that fine line of truth and, um, well, marketing is really what it is. So she's like, Hey, I left my full-time job and I'm able to support myself. She was like, Sorry, just to interrupt, my full-time job was nannying. So like <laughs> I wasn't making money. And but you can manipulate the, the narrative like that. I was gonna say we see that in our industry too. I mean, that's not like I see that specifically. We work a lot in SEO and we see that all the time. Moreover, just being like, Yeah, you sign with us, we'll get you number one on Google. Like, that's not necessarily gonna be the case. You can't sell that shit, you know. Um, but moreover, it's like ad agencies will sell service after service after service, and they'll just keep rolling it in because it's all marketing language. But in the end, like when we go and pitch, we'll be like, yeah, you could probably do social media, but like you're posting regularly, like, you know, you're engaging. Do you really need it? No. So let us help you out somewhere else. You know, totally. like, I think that's the difference, right? Like we're just kind of a person to person, not just service, 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 service. One, just to talk about more numbers, um, 5,500 new recruits join every single day. A day. A day. 5,000 a day. A day. I'm like, how many fucking MLMs are there out there? There's a thousand, over a thousand MLMs in the United States. Um, they are totally banned and illegal in China, which fucking says something. <laughs> yeah. China is uh, really anything flies. Ahead of the curve on that. So let me let me do this. A thousand, over a thousand MLMs. So what do you want to say? Like 2,000 MLMs for 20 million people, right? Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. This is just fucking, these are nuts numbers. So you got 10,000 per people per MLM, theoretically, getting 5,500 a day. You're getting, that is just unbelievable. That is unbelievable. So here's what's even more shocking. So you're actually, you can find commission statements on any of these MLMs. So I found this report, the most in-depth MLM report to ever come out. Um, and it was produced by John Taylor, MBA, PhD of the Consumer Awareness Institute. This was 15 years of research and worldwide feedback. So mm. This is the most in-depth report you could ever read about MLMs. I would suggest you read it if you have any sort of hint, inkling uh, to go into an MLM. Or if you're an MLM person currently and hating on what we have to say, maybe you should do your research before you come at us. Don't at me, bro. Don't, Don't at or us. sis. Don't at me, sis. Like, <laughs> oh, here's a fun anecdote. Did you know people like the Hey Girl people are called Hunbots? Hunbots? I like that. Because <laughs> they also, hey, hun. Is that hey, right? Hun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, in this, in this report, there's a commission statement from an MLM and I'm, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine levels, right? It starts with distributor and then it goes up to like the blue diamond executive. So <laughs> they always they, have diamond. Why do they always have diamond in there? What is, what is that? Tell me that that's a coincidence and you're not predatory. You're not, you're not preying on women. Like guys aren't like, I'm going to be diamonds. That's so true. Oh my God. You're so right. You're so right. So, um, right. So there's like the blue diamond level. So they actually supply you with this commission. Um, 
And it says at the very level, a distributor, so that's the bottom feeder, uh-huh. <laughs> your, your average commission income at the bottom level, monthly average commission is $62 a month. And then mm-hmm. your annualized commission is 744 So, you know, they pitch you and they're like, hey, you're at the bottom, but you're still making an extra $50 a month. Like you mm-hmm. get a cup of coffee on Arbonne. Um, and then if you're at the top, this is where, like, I, I'm sure it becomes really appealing. You're making $42,000 a month, um, mm. which is $500. you are making half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's mm-hmm. blue diamond. But in between, let me tell you how many ranks you have to scale in order to make a livable income. So you're the distributor. So that's one, two, three, four. Five at level five, you're making fourteen hundred dollars in commission every month. Not livable. Fourteen hundred at level five. So let me just go. Let me make sure I'm getting that. One thousand four hundred dollars at level five. Five of nine. So you're past the halfway point. Oh my god. Number six. And this is their commission. So this is what they this is what they do to make it not a pyramid scheme, right? Oh, fuck me. At number six, you're making uh, $2,860 a month. So you're making $34,000. At number seven, you're finally making $56,34 a month, which equals $67,000. So that's at level seven. And you're making $70,000 a year, which that is not financial freedom. Dude, that mm-hmm. is like, yeah, you, you no. have to pay taxes on that. So you're taking 25% out te- for taxes. So what now what? 25% of 70 is 714. You're at mm-hmm. what? 50, let's say call it $50,000. Yeah, just you know, under, I think. It's yeah. a fine salary, but you have to endure that type of power hour that we just listened to. Oh, and, God. and you have to ruin girlfriend relationships. Those are like the actual numbers that they supply you with. Now, let me throw some percentages at Uh, you. You know, I love that. Hit me. I'm going to start with what they present to you. At the very bottom, 7.89% of people are making that $62 a month is the distributor level. Yeah. And that's 7.89%. Number two, you're making $300 a month, 1.29%. So massive drop off. Yeah. Okay. uh, Number three is $440 a month, Uh 2.96%. Number four, $800 a month, 0.93%. 0.93%. Okay. Less than 1%. Um, number five was 0.53%. Number six is 0.19%. And number seven, where you finally start to make like a livable income is 0.09%. 0.09%. That is nuts. And Zach, aren't you wondering what happened to all the other people? We only covered eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14%. Yeah. Like yeah. What? Where, where are they? Oh, let me tell you. So they ran a different graph that is not presented to people and below. So the distributor level, those are distributors earning an income. The majority of people in an MLM are 85%, 85.89% are at the distributor level, not making a single dollar. Oh. Oh. And that was, that was data pres- uh, enclosed in this uh, report that is not presented to people. So you get this commission structure and you're like, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I'm only gonna earn a couple bucks in the first month. No, only 7% of distributors even earn that. 85% of people are earning $0. Oh my God, 85. So let me just, let's loop this all the way back around. They're saying this is not a pyramid scheme. If we, were to go to the tax man, the IRS, 
and tell them as our company and say, hey, yeah, we have all these employees. We're making all this revenue. By the way, 85% of our employees don't make a dollar. <laughs> How do you fucking think that would go? How do you think that conversation would go? The OSHA labor laws would be fucking on us in the, next, in the hour. Like it, you're saying 85% of the people that work for you do not make a dollar. That is fucking nuts. I'm even actually reading something, a supporting statement. It says, actually, it is even far worse than these numbers show because dropouts are not included in these numbers. Oh these are like currently working. Because that was my question is like, how long till you drop out? active recruits. And again, this comes into the marketing conversation is they get away with saying, oh, you're at the bottom, but it's okay. You're still making 50 bucks a month. But they say active distributors. Oh, fucking hell. So like, yeah, that is, that is insane. That is insane. Do we want to, so the, the real hard facts, the real hard numbers are one in 4,000 recruits have profited, which yes, I'll save you. I'll save you from doing that math. 99.9% of people do not earn a dollar. You would be better off throwing a hundred dollars on the craps table than investing in an MLM. And 99.9 because the pool is so big. We have 20 million people actively selling snake oil and only 0.1% are making any sort of money. It's almost like that loudest voice in the room, you know, um, because that 0.1% is screaming their lifestyle and their freedom from the mountaintops right they are and that makes sense on this power call this lady being like you're not fucking working hard enough because she is that 0.1 percent i don't even think like i honestly don't even think that 0.1 percent she fits into i feel like that 0.1 percent is like the devosses and like she if you're still showing up to power hours, like you might be in that five, like the number five level range where you're kind of making $70,000 a year, but no one is making six figures, seven figures a year. No, absolutely fucking nobody is making seven figures a year. So it's like, that's your number one marketing message. It's fucking corrupt yeah, can we talk about the recruiting, the marketing of the recruiting then? Because I think that's where they're getting it right. They how how are they able to do this over and over and over again? How are their numbers coming out showing that this is a losing battle? But they get people. What is the marketing tactic to get people to buy into this shit? I mean, it's a hundred percent live the life you want to live and you can travel and you can make money. Like this idea of freedom is what they really double down on. And yeah, if you're not working, of course you can fuck off and do whatever you want throughout the day. You don't have shit to do, <laughs> but like, you're not earning money to go to Bali and spend years and years <laughs> to Bali becoming spiritually woke. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. Um, let's make this, we've shit on MLMs. I think we all, we, everybody knows how we feel about them. Let's say someone is in an MLM. Let's say a woman's in an, a current MLM. She's in that bottom distributor tier. What would be, I mean, you, you as a female CEO, what would be your recommendation for them to continue to chase that dream that these MLMs are selling to continue to chase that freedom lifestyle but get away from this toxic atmosphere. Is there any recommendations that you would give? Is there, is there anything, what's the starting point? I love your analogy of like, you know, trying to sell a car. What's the first thing you know how to do is clean, a tr clean the truck. You know, that's the first step. What's the first step for these people in the distributor role so they don't have to sacrifice their dreams, but can chase this, this vision that they have for themselves. Is there anything they can do? No, I was really thinking about that and 
their biggest selling point in MLMs is money, make money, make money, make money. And even on that power hour call, it's like, raise your hand if you're in it for the money. But that's not, that's not why people live. Like Mm. I live for creative freedom and to go out and do photo shoots. So what did I need to do? I needed to buy a camera. So I bought a camera and then I went to camera classes, camera classes, photography (laughs) You know, and you just kind of peel back the layers and figure out how you can be a photographer. You don't know how to be a photographer because you don't know how to run a camera. You know, you need a camera. So let's start there. Let's save up until you can get a camera. So these MLMs, no one is passionate about selling fucking protein powder. Nobody grows up and says, I'm going to be a protein powder distributor. You might be able to grow up and say, I want to be a marketing manager. And protein powder is actually kind of, you know, the field I have fallen into. Very similar to us, we fell into the weed industry and CBD space. Um, For me, it was my opportunity to be a director level employee. Um, And the cannabis space gave me that. It wasn't cannabis that I was passionate about. It was being a director that I was passionate about. So for someone in this space, it's like, it's, your passion is not making money. Your passion is being a leader or it's being a photographer or maybe it is fucking fitness. What do you need to do? Go to the gym, get fit first, buy gym membership, then go take classes to be a personal trainer. You know, this isn't the answer for you. It's absolutely not the answer for you. Something else, um, 39% of small businesses turn a profit, which is not a lot, but it's 39% more than an MLM. (laughs) I think, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, like like, that's- If your power is protein and it is fitness, go out and become a personal trainer. Do not fall victim to Beachbody. If you're interested in staying up to date with our latest episodes, new merch, and announcements, be sure to follow us at MacMillanPhillips.agency on Instagram and Twitter. You can join our Manipulating the Masses Facebook group to submit questions and suggest future episodes. Thanks for listening. Sheeple. I don't fucking know.